Welcome to Hello. Episode 7. Hello, seven. Episode seven. 7. And you're only doing one more, aren't you? Yeah, That's yeah. That's it, then you're I'm retiring. retiring. Yeah, retiring <laughs> after. George only does seven. eight of everything, apparently. Yep. How many singles you got out? Not eight yet. Not eight yet. No. See, that's it. Unlucky yes, Sugar see. Stone. You've not got long to go. <laughs> oh, it's good though. It's episode seven. Of course, we had the brilliant Anna Chell on. We did. Uh, a couple we of sure weeks did. ago. And that Was has, that a couple of weeks ago? It was two weeks ago now, was I it? I think so. I don't know. We, we did say we'd do this like religiously, but people aren't available and we've got we stuff, busy, stuff on. We're busy. Yeah. Uh, that's had a staggering 350 listens. Yeah, yeah. And I know that's not good, but actually it's good for us. That's good. It's good. We're growing. We're on episode seven. And um, and our guests are getting more and more fabulous. Today yeah. is no exception. We're going to get there very, very soon. How's, how's, uh, how's it been here in the Archie, George? Very, very busy, 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 busy. We've had Pride. So we it's have. Been, we had, had sort of a Pride two weeks, didn't we? Not we necessarily did. in a month. We had we a two-week Pride. Yeah, two weeks. And sort of shows on last week, pretty much a show on every night, I'd say. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? It was. Yes. Uh, I mean, the week before that as well, we had... Well, yeah, so we had Young Love on, um, then Bisexual Bodies. And then Coke Machine Stars and Kisses, of all course. of which, all of which I teched. So you did, didn't uh, you? You were a busy man. And um, uh, that young love, young love, set in a swimming pool. The first time we've had Traverse. Oh no, the second yeah, time second we've time had Traverse. Traverse. First time we've had a swimming pool. Yeah, so that was great. And bisexual baddies, uh, yeah. Chanjay, the brilliant Chanjay. And then uh, John O'Neill came John in and gave us uh, the first play I've ever seen, set on a trampoline. Yep. Which yep. was um, pretty impressive. Left hook, right hook. And then um, Sunday we had. Uh, testing, testing. Yeah, we and, did. And uh, our resident comedian, she's here all the time. Sarah Miller comes back. She was, yeah, yeah. She's, um, uh, she loves was, it. She, well, I hope so. She keeps yeah, coming. Yeah, she and uh, she wasn't headlining though. Justin Morehouse yes, was in. Yes, I missed it. I, I, and thoroughly enjoyed Justin. I was gigging. I was gigging. You were gigging, weren't you, with the old Sugar Stone? Very good. Yeah, it was. Um, it was very good. It was very good. It was very good. Uh, Testing, testing the last Sunday of every month. And of yes. course, now Malarkey have pretty much moved in excess Malarkey. They have. Which is currently every Tuesday. There's a couple of dates they can't do. We've got stuff on they can't fit in. But yeah, it's going well. And of course, uh, last time we uh, had the podcast, we did mention the brilliant Darren Kent, yes. who sadly passed away. And we did, we said to everyone, just check in. Check in with someone. Um, might be someone you check in with a lot. It might be someone you don't check in with. But pick up the phone, drop them a text, drop them a line. Get in touch. You never know uh, who might be sat there wanting a call, wanting a bit of love. Yeah. And I said that because I hadn't been in touch with Darren enough, and, and uh, that that was that made me very sad. So this this time, I'm going to say, um, I want you to, if you're listening, have a think about who your five best friends are, and then ask yourself if they're the five people you spend the most time with in your mm. life. Mm. And if they're not, pick up the phone now, be the Sherpa, see if you can get a drink together. Get yourself out there and see them. Just your five best friends. My five best friends, I don't see them enough. Nope. Um, I've got lovely, lovely friends, and I'm surrounded by beautiful people. But my five best friends don't seem enough. So, uh, yep, that's that. All yep. very lovely. Time to get on to our guests. We told you the guests are getting better and better, and this is no exception. Oh, we are no. very, very, very excited. Ladies and gentlemen, go absolutely bedonkers as we welcome our brilliant guest today. It is Annie Wallace! Woo! Hello, hello, hello. The crowd go wild. Hello, crowd. Welcome, Annie. Welcome to the microphone. Welcome to Beneath the Bricks. How are you? Are you well? I am, yes, unexpectedly. Because normally by this time I've... uh Whatever bug I've caught from Pride has set in, but no, yeah. I've, I think I've been lucky. You're bugless at the moment. I'm bugless. I'm, 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 yes, I'm, I'm too busy working around in the house to have bugs at the moment. So yes, it's all good. Yeah, lots happening in the house. We might get onto that in a little while. Ooh, lots okay. of renovations. Mm. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. George, over to you with the big question. Who the hell are you? 
There it is. That's the big question, the Annie. Question Annie's face. Time. Obviously, you can see this on Tickety Talk. Annie is deeply offended by the question. It's meant with love. Of course, we're not going to make you do that. I'm going to tell you who you are. You are BAFTA-nominated actress Annie. What? Look at her head in hands as if uh, she's not loving it. She's loving it. You play Sally in Hollyoaks. She joined in 2015. We love you because you're anti-Tory. I've seen recently you're anti-beating horses, and that's important too. <laughs> you're a body confidence brilliant. You're a socialist, potentially. You're a brilliant, brilliant woman. Welcome to Beneath the Bricks. Annie, anything you want to comment on your, your lovely little bio guy threw together there? That's very complimentary when you hear it all like that. Um, but then, of course, <laughs> because I have this kind of imposter syndrome, like a lot of people, it's kind of like I'm instantly thinking of ways of undermining your praise. Um, but, of but, yeah, yeah, but that, yes, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. The BAFTA nomination, I always, I always counter that by saying Scottish BAFTA. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's part of the country I, really loved me, um, which is great. I, I, sometimes I think I'd prefer to be loved by Scotland than England. Yeah, wouldn't uh, Scot- Scot- Scotland's very really lovely. Yes, they are lovely. Um, but yes, the rest of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah especially yeah, especially the horses bit, which has been occupying my mind for the past week. You are genuinely like. Um, uh, a voice to be reckoned with out there, aren't you? You, you, you believe in a lot of stuff. You believe in a lot of stuff, and you shout about it, and you will fight for it. And I yeah. think that is absolutely commendable. Thank you. Um, do you uh, born in Aberdeen, I believe. Absolutely. You know, you just head for Edinburgh and keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where north, Aberdeen is. North, north, north. Not as north as Inverness, and not as north as like Thurso and Wick, and John O'Groats, but you know, fairly north. What's Aberdeen famous for? Um, oil. Oil and Angus cows. Um, well, is Aberdeen Angus is that a fluffy cow? It's um, it's a it's a type of of cattle, yes. Um, but and f- hailing from Aberdeen, but Aberdeen Angus cows are all over the place. I, I, I saw some the other day. I was in Edinburgh, and there were some there. Yes. So they've travelled. They, they do travel. <laughs> they walk. They get about. They've yep. got yeah, legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and of course now a lot of people, as we mentioned, a lot of people are going to you know you as Sally from Hollyoaks. Yeah. Started there in 2015. Eight years ago. It's actually hard to believe because it's gone so quickly I, I mean say. that happens to those of us of a certain age anyways life <laughs> speeds up but it's still crazy to think that I've been in a TV show for eight years and uh, happily so yeah. Yeah. yeah enjoying it yes yes up and down because sometimes you know you've got no control over the stories or particularly the lines you see um, mm. so sometimes it can get frustrating but it, it, they've got an open door policy there so sometimes mm. it's like up and suggest something and see what oh, see, see what transpires. They don't often listen, but it's it's. Yeah, they make the effort though, don't they? They pretend. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we've got a fabulous thing called the cast liaison uh, lady, who's who's lovely, and and I, I always feel that input's a good thing. Um, but but apart from that, they're normally pretty good with Sally, and uh, it's part of the, McQu- the the crazy McQueen family. Yeah, so you've had some big storylines. Yeah, That's yeah, great. Yeah, it's been good. It's been quiet for a bit, but it's about to go into high gear again. As in filming or on screen? Uh, Both. Um, Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I've got this little break at the moment in September because it's quite nice. Um, And then we get straight into, I suppose, we start filming um, the lead up to Christmas and and there's always a drama at Christmas. Of course there was. I mean, I don't know why people still live in these places on the cobbles in Albert Square. It's chaos at Christmas. You'd leave at Christmas, wouldn't you? Well, you'd just move, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, you know what they say about Midsummer murders. I I think that Hollyoaks is more dangerous to live in than Midsummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) um, What is the turnaround on Hollyoaks? When when do you get the script? When do you film it? And when is it aired? So we get our script about two to three weeks before we shoot Mm -hmm. and then it's about ten weeks between shoot to air oh it's pretty quick then and it's still like it's on 
all the time, Hollyoaks. Hollyoaks is on telly. We have to film all the time. Yeah, we have to film as much footage per day as goes out per day. Because wow. it's, that's the turnaround of it. And it takes ages to shoot the scenes. So we have multiple units all filming at the same time mm. all over the campus. So we have, um, yeah, we've got five units. So I'll be in the McQueen's house and someone will be in the school and someone will be in the dog and someone will be standing outside the boat. I'll be filming simultaneously with different members of cast. It's a logistical nightmare. That must be quite difficult to keep up with who's doing what, where, when, why and who. Oh, we don't even try. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough, yeah. We just follow our call sheets as to, as to where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do and we do the best we can and yeah. if it's something big uh, that we're working on, we try and take some time out and to look at it a little more closely. Yeah. But the nature of soap is, as I say to people, I, I did a lecture at my old drama school, Manchester Met, um, it's a machine. Mm. It's it, there, There's not a huge amount of art goes into it in terms of what we do um, it's it's about churning out the product that is mm. soap opera uh, the art is in, in, in what we can pull out in terms of performance and, and emotion and realism and that kind of thing uh, but we don't have the luxury of time of theatre like it's a speedy turnaround isn't it we, had, we actually we had Anna Chell on uh, the last podcast who's in Casualty mm. And and they do one episode a week. Yes. Uh, and and both myself and George were talking about how we, we dipped into it and watched it. And it's got this gloss about it, which surely can only come if you're filming... I mean, how long is an episode of Casualty? 50 minutes? No, 55 minutes? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Like, they've got time. Anna did mention as well, and it'd be interesting to ask you this question, Annie. Anna still sometimes catches herself and goes, oh my God, this is my job. Oh God, all the time. Amazing. All the time. Amazing. Isn't that why we do this job Sometimes, you know, we get people in who are wonderful. We've currently got the fabulous David Ames from Holby, who's Mm. who's working with us. I can say that now because he's been on screen. Um, And working with David is wonderful because I was a massive um, Holby City fan. So I'm sort of like, I'm working with Dominic. Uh, So, (laughs) so I mean, that's the the delight of it. You get to work with these fabulous people who who come in either as guests or they come in full time. Lizette Anthony was in it for, for a long time and Lizette Anthony was one of the biggest stars of the 80s and I'm sorry Lizette if you're listening big star now uh, <laughs> but but like it's like genuine Hollywood actors. that's amazing though isn't it that's your job you just get to rock up and then be like oh my god these we people had, are here like, we had Linda Gray Sue Ellen from Dallas yeah. in for a few days brilliant playing Lizette Anthony's mum and it was like royalty, right? I actually can't Red believe carpet. it. And I and I engineered it to have a little meeting with her, and we had ten minute chat together. And I was like, as one of the world's biggest Dallas fans, it was like this job has brought this situation to me. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. But we do stop occasionally, and I'm very famous for it. We do our scene and everything, and we have a laugh, and we go there, and then I go, silly job, silly job, everyone. We are in a silly job. We are. Yeah. It's a silly job, it isn't is. it? it I, is. I often say. <laughs> I mean, we it's talked. Not we talked a lot about how small the actor's role is in the giant machine. Oh, huge. And, and, and I feel like sometimes actors training forget that. They kind of go, oh, it's me. I'm going to be on the screen. Yeah. And actually, when you get that, Anna was talking about the first time she was on Casualty. And they were like, cruise show, and 40 people arrived out yes. of nowhere. And you were like, oh, oh, okay. And we do just dress up and pretend to be other people, don't we? We dress up. We say silly things. We do silly things. Um, and ultimately, it all comes together into a... But like you see, it's a, it's, it's a massive team of people. And as I say, there's five units for us. So there's five massive teams wow. of people wow. all working on it. And 
Because we shoot single camera, much the same, I think, as casualty, which our single camera technique means that it takes uh, two hours to shoot a two-minute scene. Standing around, performing the same scene many, many times from different angles and remaining constant. What line did I pick up that glass on? Continuity, baby. We we, we bang on about that over in map. We we have an entire, like, week's worth of, like, work just going... You've got to get your continuity right. And that's an acting skill. So, And in between that, you've got to still give a truthful performance. Totally. Yep. So it's it, it's proper multitasking. Multitasking, absolutely. Karen will be delighted to hear you using that word. Uh, but it's, it's so important. And, yeah. you know, when you can go on set and you're comfortable with your continuity, you're not then thinking, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And the problem with us is we learn our lines, but then the first time we're in the room with our other actors and with also hearing the, the, the cadence of, of their performance and everything, mm, yeah, and yeah. then we have to adapt incredibly quickly. We have to do that. We have to do the cruise show, and then we do a rehearsal, and then we're on. But yeah. In fact, blocking is, is the thing you have to learn early. And people, people turn up, first of all, and they turn up and they make notes on their scripts. And, and I look at them and I'm kind of like, yeah, you'll have stopped that in a week and write it yeah. <laughs> You do, you do, because actually it becomes very standard. You know, we do the block and everything and by osmosis, we just get it. Yeah. And then it's down to making our performance as good as we can. I guess the longer you do it, the more you do it, the quicker you learn lines and the more you know that blocking, rocking is, is, is what it is. Like. Oh yeah, yeah. The short term memory gets much better. Quite often because, although we get our scripts a couple of weeks before, there's often no point in learning them because all soaps go through multiple amends, mm. not just because of changes to pacing and timing and everything, but also all television has the spectre of compliance hanging over it. So we get our scripts and I, I, I look at it and I read it and I learn it to a certain extent, but I don't do the nitty gritty learning mm. until the night before. Really? I take my script to bed with me and I learn it then and then when I'm in makeup I'll look at it again and then it's in. But that wow. again that just And then I'll mess up my lines when I'm on set of course because yeah. I'm human. <laughs> I suppose that again that just comes with time with that the trust that if you if you do learn the nitty-gritty the night before the trust that it'll go in, you know, whereas it comes with time with that if you yes. know what I mean. Yeah. yeah absolutely. That was a, a lovely uh, digression I loved it that, that, I think that all came from born in Aberdeen yes it, yeah we did <laughs> go off on one how did that happen hey the wonderful world of chatting wow. and, uh, and we talk a lot here about people pinning all of their kind of hopes on I've got to be an actor I've got to be an actor and they put all these eggs in that basket and actually sometimes life can slip them by and, and, mm. and have they made it at 50 maybe not you know you've got a really fantastic journey to where you are now and I've, I've, I've abbreviated it and you'll tell me this is wrong I'm sure um, you did the National Youth Theatre in 1981 yeah. you then sidestepped we never call it a backward step and a lot of people think it's a backward step you sidestepped into computer science and engineering yes, tell yes. us about that sidestep well it was more audiovisual engineering than anything else um, I I left school having wanted to go to drama school, but mum and dad were poor, um, you know, tiny violins time. Uh, but they couldn't afford to send me to drama school. There was no such thing as a student loan. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. It was, it's so hard. It's hard now as well, though. It, but in the, in the 80s, it was very much the province of, of the rich, as it's becoming, unfortunately, but more on that later. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I was kind of faced with, wow, I can't go to drama school. I've done all this prep, I've done all this stuff, and it's what I wanted to do. But I was also very interested in, in gadgets and that kind of thing. And I just happened to start work in a, 
uh, a photography shop in Aberdeen right. when I was 18. And this shop also did lots, uh, lots of AV stuff with computers and video cameras and things. And I got very interested in that. And they saw I was interested and had an aptitude to it. So I got more involved with that and then eventually worked for an AV company down south, south of Scotland. And um, yeah, yeah. So kind of very heavily into computers by the 80s and, and then moved on from there. So. And then you went from there, and I, I love this journey, you went from there to be uh, a research assistant at Coronation Street for 18 months. Gosh, that well, that was a bit of a stretch because, um, yeah, at the end of the, I'll potted version, end of the 90s, the, uh, this thing hit the press that they were going to have a, a, a trans... Uh, a trans character in Coronation Street and my first reaction to that was oh god no mm. it's going to be a ridiculous caricature it's going to be awful, it's terrible and I refused to watch it and then it started on TV and my friend said you need to watch this and I reluctantly did and then I was kind of oh because this kind of little shy character that was Haley Patterson at the time that was maiden name um, resembled me so much at the start of my transition. Wow, fantastic. And I was like, wow, this is quite uncanny and, and the actress is doing such a good job. Wow, this is incredible. Um, and I became quite the fan. And I and at the time, you know, I, I was an early internet adopter and... Uh, <laughs> I love that, early internet adopter. There were, there were forums, fan forums, and I thought, I'm going to go and see what people think about this. And, and people were kind of split 50-50 about it. And then, but... Um, Somebody called Christine Burns, who was the head of Press for Change, um, a trans campaigning group to try and work towards getting legal rights for trans people, which, of course, they didn't have at the time, um, got in touch with me and says, you're quite a fan of this, aren't you? And I went, yeah. And I went, well, I've just been contacted by Coronation Street. They want someone who's going to help them with the future stories. And I went, oh. Wow. And I thought of you. And I went, yes. <laughs> Good. Where do I sign? <laughs> so, um cool. It, yeah, after, after the first initial very long visit where they recorded a, a massive interview with me and then transcribed it and gave it all to all the writers and said, this is your Bible. Um, it turned into a more a regular consultative thing. And then also I became very good mates with, with uh, Julie Hesmontalsh, mm-hmm. uh, who played Haley, And uh, it, it kind of grew into something quite big. And then I was very involved with the, the Roy and Haley wedding of 99. And so that went on till about mid-2000. And, and then, of course, they didn't really need me anymore because we'd, we'd, we'd done all the kind of groundwork. But we'd also highlighted all the things that, the horrible things that happen to trans people because they don't have legal rights. And uh, I thought it's an amazing opportunity to, to show people that trans people is not about, you know, fancy dress. It's actually about, it's about a life and it's yeah. about the, 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 the legal problems that existed um, for trans people at the time. And it was a great campaigning opportunity and I, I embraced it. And also I had the best fun. <laughs> great. I mean, if you can go to work and have fun. Brilliant. Oh, it was great. I mean, that, 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 that was groundbreaking, right? What Coronation Street did. Totally. I mean, they hadn't even had their first gay character at that point. Wow. Had they not? Nope. Wow. Their first gay character was Todd Grimshaw. Yes, and I remember that. That was about 2003, thereabouts 2004. Fantastic. So, that so that's five know. years after um, after 
Haley, and, and when you think about the, the, no television programme had touched that, except occasional things where it was kind of a, a shock of the week on Casualty or something like that. And, do you remember the, do you remember the, uh, the infamous kiss on Brookside with Anna Friel? Yes. That was like, that was like, whoa, yeah. rock in the world, wasn't it? And the it? same between Colin and Barry and on uh, EastEnders in 86, yeah. when essentially the sun had headlights. Listen, they had a peck on the cheek, and the sun had um, get rid of this filth, and that's where we were Fucking in the hell. 80s. Yeah, that yeah, showing, yeah. Sh- showing a simple peck on the, it wasn't even on the lips. It was a peck on the cheek, wow. and that was apparently filth. And that's where we were. People don't realise it's not that long ago that actually th- th- this this hideous stuff was going on. So for Curry to actually do this, and initially, of course, it was meant to be a joke. It was meant to be a comedy character. Um, Roy Cropper's got himself a girlfriend. Ha 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 ha! She used to yeah, be a fella. Of course. Yeah. But once they started writing it, they thought, oh my God, we've got something really important on and, and those two fantastic actors <gasps> bringing what a chemistry. something yeah. to life, man. A, a, incredible representation. And for her, who's, who's, you know, like me, you know, left-wing firebrand and everything, and, and always an LGBT um, uh, ally and everything, it, it was very much a case of, wow, I can do something that can maybe change minds and whatnot. So mm. when we linked up... Um, in, in July of that year for the first time and we got on like a house on fire we became mates really quick and we both were so relieved that neither of us found the you know one or other of us could have been really awkward and really difficult yeah. but we yeah. weren't we got on and we had the same thoughts and feelings and you're, both, you're both very open people though who will yeah. talk as opposed to fight you know what I mean yeah and also how can we make this brilliant how can we how can we make the experience for Julie fantastic and how can we get across through the coziest soap opera in the world yeah some really fundamentally and, and radical views for, for those things. for their viewers as well oh. that that must have been a, a step in completely a, 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 a direction that none of those viewers probably wanted no. No, and to begin with, there was a lot of, you know, I don't want to see this in my lounge and all this kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah, and, of course. And, uh, it was Coronation Street. It was cosy, wasn't it? We yeah. watched it because we went, oh, right, 7.30, pop it on. Let's have, let's have it, you know. Do you drink, uh, and, and all yeah, that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about bread from the corner, you know. <laughs> and, and then the next thing, Bam. It's, it's Haley telling Roy that they can't get married because of what it says on our birth certificate. Fantastic, yeah. So... Um, and of course, my involvement was a complete secret uh, because I wanted it that way because I wasn't really out at the really? time. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh yeah, and um, it was entirely voluntary. Mm. I wasn't, I wasn't paid for anything. Um, I, wow. I had, oh, really? I, I had expenses, so I got tra- travel and an overnight hotel and things. But I was smuggled in the door and everything. And, and just, just for context, Danny, <laughs> a, 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 a potentially personal question: Where were you on your journey at that time? Oh, I had been, I had been um, 10 years after transition. Right, right. So I was properly experienced and knowledgeable of, of the world and how it was going uh, on uh, and yeah, comfortable absolutely. in my own skin. But yeah. also, 98, you still kept your head down. I wasn't... Um, I, I was quite lucky when I was younger, I blended in really well. People can tell if, if people are trans or not now much more because they're exposed to it a lot more. You've got to remember, okay, yeah. when I was... You know, in the 90s, most people had never met a trans person, knowingly. Yes, of course. And what you did was, if you wanted to keep your job and your house, because literally they could just sack you and throw you out of your house mm. on a whim, and they'd go, well, of course you've not got a job anymore, and look at what you've done to yourself. Yeah. 
that was that was acceptable Incredible. at the time. Yeah. Um, you kept your head down. If you could blend in, that's great. So the people who couldn't blend in or struggled had the worst time oh. of it, and I thought I was fighting for them. For me, it was it was a, an opportunity to give back. My my slightly easy ride. I thought, let's try and pay this forward and see what we can do with it. And I kept it quiet until um, August 2015, when I actually told the world for the first time. <laughs> How did that feel? It was Julie that got me to do it. Great. Um, we, we, we did this thing for Manchester Pride called Transcripts, and it was all about approaching the writing and performing for soap, but also trying to put forward a, 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 an agenda of this is what queer people's lives are like. Yeah. And Julie phoned me about a month before it and says, why don't you come on the panel? And I went, oh, Ju, I've just started filming for Hollyoaks. I, I, I I've got a lot on my plate, I've got a lot on my mind and everything. No, no, you just said you should come along. So I've always been afraid that people would see what, the reason that I was doing the, the Corey stuff was uh, the big me, the big kind of like, oh, look what I'm doing. No, I've never been wanting to do that. That's why I always was quiet. So when I came out about it, I was very nervous, but it was really strange because... It was that thing where you go down the panel and you, you introduce yourself. And I took a deep breath and I went, Hi, my name is Annie Wallace. Um, and I was the consultant for the character of Haley Cropper for two years, about 20 years ago. And that's the first wow. time I've ever said that. Fantastic. And all the Cory writers who had been supportive of me all these years, they stood up and cheered and clapped. Because yes. it was like, yes, you've finally come out That's about amazing. it. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it had to be done, I suppose. And also it was a good time to do it because I had just started filming Hollyoaks, so I was coming out anyway. Fantastic. Yes. And that was just one step on your journey. That was, again, we've, we've, like, an incredible part. So from there, or whilst there, you went to MST? <laughs> At the time, Granada had a thing called the Old School Staff Bar. Right. It's now the Great John Street Hotel. And uh, I fell in with the actors and went for drinks after shootings, things like that. And Julie especially said, why don't you go to drama school? And I said, I'm 35. I've missed the boat and I can't afford it. And she went, no, no, you can get student loans now. And there's two drama schools in Manchester. And I went, you say? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, gosh. And that was that. Gosh. So, yeah, I, I applied for it and I didn't get in the first time. And then Julie helped me with some tutoring after. And then I did get in the second time. And, yeah, I did my, my full three years acting degree at uh, Manchester Met School mm-hmm. Theatre. And um, best three years of my life. It was not only, not only educational, it was liberating. And, again, remember, I wasn't out as a trans actress. I was just out as an actress. Yeah, right, right, of course. But, uh, because, because there was no future for trans actresses. Because we weren't on television, we weren't in theatre, we weren't anywhere. Because, actually... Up until about 20, uh, 2013, 20, maybe 12, 13, it was just a no-no. It just didn't happen. So I did some stuff in Fringe Theatre with Gareth Kavanagh and uh, the, the Lass and things like that. But, um, you know, Hollyoaks came, came, came around 2014 and I did a few auditions then and then eventually it, it led to, to the role in 2015. So, and then suddenly it was like life changed. Yeah. in exactly the way I wanted it to and in the most unexpected way. So yeah. Do you, do you think now that what, what you do now, so you turn <laughs> up, you do your job and you're an activist and you're very passionate and you're a powerful speaker and all these kind of wonderful things, your life to this day must now have filled you up with this wonderful stuff that you can share, right? Oh, too much stuff. It's like, it's like yeah, look, it's made me overweight. I have no. so much stuff in me. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. And yes, I, I'm, 
and yeah, I, I am writing an autobiography because you? ultimately, I suppose it has to be put down somewhere because yes. it's it's been it's been a very unusual it's life incredible. journey to say the least. Um, look, we we got so uh, genuinely. I think we've we've top loaded the front half of this podcast. Well, you're going to have to edit. Uh, all I don't know. I don't think I can. I'm sorry, going. I think this is fucking waffle. impossible. So much to talk about. We can talk for hours. Uh, this is my favourite uh, fact about you. Um, for obvious reasons, you went on Celebrity Mastermind, and your chosen specialist subject was mermaids. No, 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 the charity oh. was mermaids. Oh well, fucking Wikipedia's yeah. fucked me right up there. My fa- my my, uh, my chosen subject was Doctor, Doctor Who, Who. Yes. 1970 ah. to 1980. No, right. I've read this wrong, and I've read it with wishful thinking because I thought your chosen specialist subject was mermaids. No, that's I'm, I, listen, but I'm mermaids, eccentric, but not that much. Mermaids are a fantastic charity. They are a fantastic. They're very beleaguered charity, and people think that they turned up out the blue, but they've been they've been around since 1995, successfully mm. counselling and and helping young people who believe themselves to be trans mm-hmm. yeah. and helping them realise whether they are or not. Not pushing them into being trans, actually being a support network for parents who don't know what to do about their kids don't know how to support their kids or whatever lots of very very um, happy young people came out of it and a lot of reconciled families and things and since of course since the the outbreak of the rabid transphobia in this country they've been uh, under the scrutiny and it's been absolute hell for them they've they've had to turn from a charity supporting adults and and children into firefighting media lies almost like their methodologies has to change is that to adapt well they've had to change some of the staff as well and and they've had to change their approach because the approach was um we will fight Mm. for ourselves and and it's changed more to we will fight for the young people uh and they've had to put a lot of safeguards in place because the attacks have been uh, physical, they have been financial, and they have been uh, reputational. So they've been going through a really, really tough time. And uh, yeah, but I, I remain a patron of them because they're a, they're an incredibly important resource. And and every chance adult I know says the same thing, and that is, if they had existed when we were kids, we would have had a much happier childhood. And what is their website? Have you got their website there? Or um, can I believe they, can it's mermaids.uk.org. Mermaids.uk. Check them out, man. You never know when you might be able to help someone out who's uh, yeah. needing that support. So do check out that website. Um, listen, Annie Wallace, we've not even got to the in adverts yet and we've been here for about okay. an hour Sorry. and do you know what it's been absolutely fascinating please don't apologise I don't think I want to edit any of this no no no. I don't think I want to however two parts are coming up for we're going to it could be it could be the first one it could be what it. we're going to do is we are going to shift it slightly we're going to get into some games just before we go Ooh, to the adverts like so we're going to go to George George this is your first theme tune we oh, told yeah. Annie you do God. your own theme tunes this <laughs> is uh, the first of our wonderful games this is called This or That This or That that's it. Oh, oh, a collab. Yes, see, and he yes, is talented. See, That's those see. two albums paying off there. Yes. George, uh, this is this or that. Uh, is George is going to ask you questions, Annie. Ooh. And uh, your job is to answer as quickly as possible. No oh. hesitation. Hit us, George. Day or night? Night. Why? Because I'm a night owl. I love the peace of the night. Nobody can phone you. And uh, Nobody can phone you. Love that's that. lovely. That's yeah, lovely, love isn't that. it? Nobody can phone I, you. I, I, I would rather get up at 12 and go to bed at 3, which I do. Very good. Right. A takeaway or a home-cooked meal? Takeaway. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody loves a curry. Yeah, amen. Yeah, yeah. Hit us, George. Uh, yeah, yeah. A good book or a good film? Good film. Ghost or vampire? 
on that note. Ghost. The, yeah, what, tell us, what, what about ghosts? Um, vampires, it's just biting your neck and sucking your blood, isn't it? <laughs> That's all it is. Just ghosts, killing you. It's fine. Ghosts are more about an existential crisis. Nice. Oh. That's the best answer to any this or that we've ever Of had. whether or not there's an afterlife, of whether or not yeah. the, 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 the soul goes on, whether it becomes malevolent. And also, ghost films, films about the supernatural, are the ones that will stay with you much longer than any vampire movie will. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you we go. never need to ask that question no, ever again. Yes, that's not done. <laughs> um, Daleks or Cybermen? Daleks, mm. the first, the original. Before they could get up the stairs. Uh, before, even before they could get up the stairs. Because they, they just started flying, didn't they? They did, yeah. yeah. No in in uh, 1989's Remembrance of the Daleks was the first time we saw them climb the stairs. Wow. And we all went, that's cheating. Do you, that know, do you know Daniel Brennan? No, I don't. I feel like, I feel like you two would get on for hours and hours. Daniel but writes quiz questions for uh, Pointless... Tipping point, masterminds. Oh, we would. Oh, yes, we would definitely yeah, get yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. We need to make that happen. Yes. He'll be listening. He just listen. So he there does. you go. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Daniel. <laughs> Wet socks or an itchy jumper? Itchy jumper. Oh, okay. Yeah, Wet socks. Know, it's trench it's a panel. foot. Yeah, I said that. Trench, trench foot. foot. Yeah. Not, yeah. Having, not having wet socks. Fair no. Enough. No. Very enough. good. Scrunch or fold? What's the big Scrunch. One? Do, you, do you know what we're talking about? T-shirts, I would imagine. No. No. Toilet paper. Oh, fold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've never met a scruncher. Oh, can you... Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ick, the ick. There we go, we got yeah, the Yeah, good, 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 good. Because when we meet a scruncher, we're, we're going to have to, like, sacrifice them or something. Uh, well, we're, we're just going to have to kick them Just lock them, them the in the cupboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're wrong. Plan ahead or play it by ear? Plan ahead. Yep. Yeah, I knew I'm you'd say you. that, Annie. I'm with you on that. I'm, I, I, I very rarely play it by ear. Except here. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I need to know where I'm going and what I'm doing. And um, occasionally I'm late like I was today. Uh, but yeah, I plan everything. Last one, George. Okay, last, last one. Oh, this is hard. What am I going to pick for my last one, everybody? Cancelled train or a traffic jam? Good. Traffic jam. Why? Because you sit and you're unable to do anything. Cancelled train. You've got a cafe. You've got a toilet. You can phone your friends. Traffic jam, you're stuck. So, so I, I, we've flipped this question, and yeah, you're yeah. saying you prefer a cancelled train. I prefer a cancel. I, I, I wouldn't. Sorry, I would not want a traffic jam. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Good. I can't go to the loo. Oh, what a ridiculous notion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. Good. Well, there look, we go. that was That's this or that. Outro, George. This. Oh, that. So that leads us then to the adverts. You'd be pleased to know it's not actually me and George doing the adverts. We I'm have not, some... Yeah. Well, George is definitely not doing the adverts. I uh, have a very lovely chat with the Actors Group. That's coming up now. George, give us the outro to the adverts. The adverts. Was that as an owl at the end? Yeah, that yeah. was interesting. Hello, hello, here we are with Tom McGeo, Deputy Chair of TAG, the Actors Group, no yes. less, joining us for the adverts. George isn't here, sad face. George is doing some tech, because that's where he always is, in the theatre. But we do have the brilliant Tom. Welcome, Tom. Thank, thank you for joining us for the adverts. Thank you very much, Simon. Great to be here. Ah, yeah, thank oh, you. A pleasure to have you. Tom uh, actually grabbed us outside the venue uh, one night. I can't remember what we were. It was for... Um, 
Ooh, young, young oh, Young one. Love. Young, young Love. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, fantastic, absolutely. fantastic show that was. And uh, really it was, great. was really cool. And Tom grabbed us outside. He's like, I'd, just have come, come, I'd love to come and have a chat with you um, about the Actors Group and uh, tell you all about it. Now, I know the Actors Group, yeah, Tom. I know about them and I think they're brilliant. But you tell us a little bit about the Actors Group. Then. Absolutely. So, uh, the Actors Group is uh, Manchester's oldest uh, cooperative. Uh, it's the oldest cooperative outside of London. We were established in 1980 and wow. we are a... Um, cooperative agency that obviously like any agency uh, look for jobs um, and get jobs for um, all of our wonderful actors but the actors are themselves the agent uh, which is really what I wanted to talk about because everybody knows what an agent is um, most people know what an agent does but um, I don't think many people knew or know of the of co-ops because as far as I understand yeah. it drama schools I mean I didn't go to a drama school I went to university but even at university I didn't know much about acting cooperatives until yeah, I, I mean, left. I went to drama school, graduated in 2005, and mm. we, we sort of talked about them, yeah. um, but not as much as I feel we should do. And we just had a quick chat before yeah. we started rolling. And one of the things I really think is important is that um, co-ops are providing the job of mm. an agent and yeah. getting you out there and getting you cast into mm. all that kind of stuff. But you learn so much because you're on it's the job. And tell us a little bit about how that works in the office. Yeah, thing. we run um, online. We are now we are now officeless. We've uh, we've oh, got rid okay. of the office. We are now virtual. Virtual. That is the word. Uh, we are a virtual agency, and um, basically we work on a rotor. Uh, we use uh, Tagmin, which is a bit of software that a lot of people might be familiar with. Yeah, I use that with uh, my agent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but it's interesting because you you get to see the agenting side of. Of, of Tagmin. Additionally, you get to see the agenting side of Spotlight. So um, for every sort of breakdown you see f- uh, as a performer on Spotlight, an agent will see loads more, loads more, because yeah. obviously you're looking for your own breakdowns, but an agent sees all the breakdowns. So you get a little bit more of an insight to what's casting, what's going on. Um, Great. So, do, so yeah. I'm, if I'm an actor with you, what I yeah. do, I, I work one day a month. We have a meeting every six weeks, and throughout those six weeks, we all um, work at least two um, days in that in that period. So, um, an actor will work for two days in six weeks. Yeah, and they'll be subbing themselves and every yeah, single yeah, actor yeah, on yeah, those books. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's a real. Uh, my favourite bit about a, a cooperative is it, it is a community focused. Um, agency you're, you're working for other people but you're yeah. and, and you, you learn so much from other people that you can't help but you know it's such a nice feeling to know you have your own agency pardon the pun yeah, yeah. Um, in your own career um, and knowing that even, even when you're not looking at Spotlight somebody else is looking I genuinely think they're invaluable now I've recommended a couple of clients yes. to you guys and Fantastic. I just think um, particularly if you're graduating sometimes you're going into an industry I mean all the time you're going yes. in, into an industry you don't know much about and it's great to be able to go into somewhere like the Actors Group and go listen What's this? What is a breakdown? What are agency yeah. fees? What yeah. are buyouts? Yeah. What are studio fees? Yeah, contracts and things, things like that. That's like, important. Uh, it just helps you mm. later in life, whether you stay with a co-op or not. Yeah. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I know already that the co-op are or they're actively seeking new clients. Yes, right we now. are. Website, just go um, on the website. Yeah. What is the website? Give us um, so the Actors Group. Um, our uh, Instagram handle is Tag Manchester. Um, and so that's the best place to find us. We're also on Facebook as well. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and I think cooperatives are definitely the definitely the way forward for that um, I, I really do believe that Great. and I know they've been big before and the, I, I know that um, 
sort of knowledge about co-ops has dwindled for mm-hmm. various reasons. But I, I, I'm looking at it at the moment and thinking, well, now's the time to get together. Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant, mate. Tom, thank you so much for coming to chat. Thank you very much Tom for McGill, the Tom Deputy Chair of TAG. Give us one more shout. What's the web address? Where are we uh, going? So on Instagram, uh, TAG Manchester, and our um, website is the Actors Group. Uh, .co.uk Fantastic. and emails if you want to email us is inquiries at theactorsgroup.co.uk get in touch guys send Please your stuff do. into Tom and he'll Thank check you. you out I will check you out thank you for joining us mate I'm a first ever real sort of real advert I'm so a real human I am not a robot <laughs> welcome back did you miss me everybody I oh my god the adverts without George I, I always oh. contribute so much to them adverts you do you do that was the adverts with the actors group though fascinating chat there um, uh, to hear about the actors group and the importance of cooperative agencies and just how important they are for in particular younger artists coming yeah, out younger yeah, artists yeah, coming yeah. out of school and you know I think they're uh, they're huge they can get frowned upon a lot but um, nope really lovely thank you to Tom from the actors group coming to chat to us and all these details are on there so do get in touch we are of course here with living legend and what is I'm going to say it again because he doesn't like it. BAFTA nominated. Yeah. BAFTA nominated. Um, Annie, we, we smashed so much in that first half. We like talked and talked and it, it was absolutely fantastic. I really didn't want to stop us talking. I, I, was like, I just wanted to ask more. Sorry, just waffle, waffle. No, no it's no great. No, no I, th- I think Waffle suggested some of it's nonsensical, but actually I old. just wanted to ask more and learn more. You are incredibly knowledgeable and your journey into acting as well, like... Fucking great. Um, we've already talked about how wonderful you are, and you are on top of all that wonderfulness. The first transgender person to portray a transgender character in British soap history. Regular. Uh, uh, a regular. That's the, that's the, the, the. Rather than brief cameos, yes. Right. And with that, we've already, we talked about actually before we started recording about your, your role within, within the LGBTQIA plus community as, mm. as, I know you hate this word, as an ambassador, as someone that they, they look to for guidance and support and, and they're thankful for your voice in the community. Is that right? I think it's just, I think it's as simple as representation. Yes, of course, you're just absolutely right. Just actually, even just being seen often is enough for people. Um, there's that famous thing, if you can see it, you can be it. And I think that, that that at that very basic level of just being a trans actor who made it, is on television regularly, and also is somebody who is an adult trans person mm, who yeah. transitioned young to show the young people it's not this hell pit that's leading ahead of you that's being pushed on them oh you're heading down this terrible journey if you're a young person being Mm. trans you know you've got a lifetime of of suffering and hell ahead of you and and you'll never make anything and it's like no hi hi yeah look i'm I'm doing just fine hi i'm doing absolutely fine thank (laughs) you very much because uh you know more than fine we do we thrive you 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 annie you're you were 17 on the rainbow list published by the independent on sunday as a in a, as a list of the most influential openly lgbti individuals in the united kingdom wow. no i know Absol- wow. number 17 in Gosh. the uk you won celebrity of the year at the national diversity awards and you in the proud scotland awards took the judges award for outstanding trans activism yeah. that you may are fucking mind, smashing it mind blown that unexpected mind blow yes incredible but Absolutely so, incredible. So lovely and so shocking. 
and also completely unsurprising for anyone on the outside looking in. Absolutely, because, George. You know, absolutely. I just you, think I've been having fun. Well, they, well, I mean, it's not—it's not, no, it's not all been fun, but, surely, but mostly we, it has to be. Or else what you were you just don't saying, though, just yeah. saying that you're just—you are having fun. You're yeah. living your life. You're absolutely smashing it. It's okay to those people who might be struggling and fighting and, and feel like they're in a longer fight. You know, Absolutely. You're, you're that voice that's going, look at me, I'm having a fucking lovely time. And yeah. yeah, and of course there's been struggles and of course you've had a torrid time yeah. of it. And and this leads us on to what we were talking about before when you did that piece for Take Back Theatre in there, mm. which just, I, I was a, a mess after that. And I felt like that piece you did with the brilliant Adela Mortimer. Adela, yeah. Um, who is going through some of what you went through a few years back. Mm. And the piece dis- sort of explored the differences between what you went through then and what Adela's going through now. Um, well, we were put together by, um, again, the fabulous Julie Hesmond-Helch, who really has been a mentor to me in my life, and uh, as well as being a really good mate. And um, a wonderful human to many, many people. <laughs> like, just incredible. Just I mean... I can't imagine life without her. Uh, and then she, she does this take back with Grant and Bex. And um, I always like to be involved in some way because it's, such a, it's always such a fantastic thing and it's very aligned with my politics as well. But then she put, um, she, she knew Adela and then she put me and Adela in touch with each other and says, I think you two could probably come up with something. And then we did some Zoom sessions and we wrote things independently. Then we came together and, and essentially it was a piece about separated by 30 years or Mm. more than 30 years how my experience was one thing and her new experience is another and how we meet in the middle with our common goals and our common hopes for the future of trans people and the the big thing that um well what made me cry like a baby just just at the, the inspirational stuff that was coming out was the fact that adela's parents were there Yes. Adela went, wow. uh, my mum and dad have, have been through this and they're here now. And I was like, God, it's too much, man. I just couldn't deal with it. Now, I feel like that may be that support. And, and I might be wrong. I'm speaking as an ignorant man here. But there feels to be more support potentially from families now huge. than there was what you just oh, said 30 years huge. ago. Oh, it's huge. This is why the nasties don't like it. It's because young people are having um, peer and familiar f- family support much, much more than ever happened mm. before yeah. because it's a more understood um, situation. Um, also, parents are less inclined to follow um, societal uh, dictates mm. and there's more a thing about no my child comes first mm. when I was growing up it was very much about what are the neighbours going to say Absolutely. and that's there not was a, just, there was a sense of embarrassment it's not just my parents that that was everywhere what are the neighbours going to say and you know um, gay lesbian bisexual people went through this as well it's like don't you dare tell anyone it my mum when she found out about me was very upset and it took her about six months to come round but then she was reluctantly supportive my dad um, wouldn't see me or speak to me for 15 years unbelievable and and there is there is a bit but forgive me for playing devil's advocate but it, w- w- was that 30 years ago yes yeah, so uh, I started my transition in the late 80s and my mum and dad were told about it in 1990 so late 80s 1990 this journey that people were going on was was almost mythical then to to people of a certain age at that time. It was 
it was far, far worse than being gay. Far yes. worse. I mean, and, it, and back then in 88, 90, the, the, the gay community were still absolutely getting harangued, right? And absolutely made put into pariahs by the HIV AIDS crisis, oh, by the government basically um, just being absolutely horrendous, especially to gay men, just, just uh, t- telling people how they shouldn't you know, talk to, doing yeah. it. It was, it was a, for, for, for gay men, it was an absolutely terrible time. And especially considering that um, uh, the, the people's eyes were being opened about um, a positivity towards gay men. I mean, but largely, uh, the reason I'm not mentioning lesbians is because lesbians were traditionally invisible yeah. for many Absolutely. years. Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, the, the, the discussions about homosexuality were becoming more open especially with the advent of um, alternative comedy, which was mm. like, you know, this isn't wrong, this is part of humanity. And then, of course, the HIV-AIDS crisis hit, and suddenly um, it was a terrible time for anyone in the LGBT plus community who were instantly just deemed as, if, you, if, if you're not likely to carry it, you're supporting people who do. Yeah. Which, of yeah. course, was so out from the norm and out from reality. But it, it, stigma it feels... is something that they created and they, they felt it was something they wanted to do. It feels like um, that, that, kind of, that kind of hatred. And again, I, I mean, I, I was born in 83, so my awareness of it was, was minimal, you know. Yeah. But it feels like almost now that that hatred that was projected onto gay men in particular, like you said, that the lesbian community were kind of invisible, it was sort of just ignored and it didn't happen or whatever, mm. which was in itself terrible. But it feels like a little bit of that hatred now is, is sort of remolded itself and come back onto the trans community. Yeah. And, and even, even non-binary community as well, I feel from an outside perspective looking oh, yeah. in, and I will say it again, a, a, an ignorant perspective, which we're going to come on to and, and talk again in a little moment. That um, that that remolded hatred from potentially the same sculpted kind of people, which we now call right wing, or you know, yeah. it feels like that hatred is is back. And I and it keeps, I struggle to know why. Yeah, it keeps raising its ugly head, and and it's whenever people are. Whenever an, a stigmatised section of the community uh, are looking to, to become uh, less stigmatised, yeah. um, the, the right wing, and even some left wingers who think they're not being right wing, uh, they, they're fighting against change, and they're fighting against things that they see are terrible. This is why this whole thing about drag queen story hour, it's like it's literally a drag queen sitting reading a fairy story to children, not reading about yes. sex acts Absolutely. to five-year-olds. It's literally that. And it's no different, no different to Panto. No. Um, the, yes, the, it's slightly different in terms of costume and slightly different in terms of delivery but because ultimately panto is a very specific thing however you're right about it it is it is regurgitated bigotry in, and they use the same things what about the children who's thinking about the children yeah. so insane it's, it's oh you're converting people you're going to convert yeah. people into being trans convert them being into gay it's like you haven't you heard anything that we've said? You yeah. cannot force a trans person to be cisgendered. You cannot force a straight kid to be gay. You cannot force a gay kid to be straight. People are who they are. Yeah. And ultimately, they may have a rocky road to find out who they are. And sometimes it may be in flux for the rest of their lives. However, it doesn't work. You're absolutely right. I'm, of course you are. I feel like um, I, I do a lot of work with young adults and particularly using the arts and working with, with them through 
what might be kind of just expressing themselves in a way that doesn't involve gender or sexuality. They're just fucking doing what they do. Um, and when I've worked with those young, young adults, it feels to me that their understanding and their acceptance of what an older generation would go, oh, that's not normal, or whatever yeah. negative language they want to use. The younger generation, in their acceptance for it, I, I mean, I almost feel like in 30 years we might be in a better place. Oh, completely. But this sort of rise of acceptance from a younger generation is, has angered an older generation or, or a, a more blinkered generation. It's absolutely hitting the, hitting the nail on the head. It's a generational crisis. It's, it is... I don't like this this young people's movement. And, yeah. and it's, what, I think it's a I think it's a fear, isn't it? They're scared of something. Yeah, they're scared of having their world view challenged because ultimately they've lived by their world view. They've got to fifty years old, like I have, and whereas you know I I struggle with some concepts, but I struggle with concepts, and then I say, help me with this. Mm. Let talk to me about it. What they do is they struggle with it, and they go, no, 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 no. So I, I'm I not was, having um, that. Stop it now. I was listening to um, the radio, as I do every morning, and I constantly talk about Chris Evans on the radio, and he had Stephen Bartlett on, who has split the panel with opinions. I've never listened to any of his work. Um, he said one thing that made me go, ah, oh, yeah, right, okay, cool. And it was, if you don't do things that you don't know, how can you grow? Yes. On that element, I feel like um, it, it, is, it is that fear of doing things they don't know, but without that fear, they're never going to grow, right? This is, this is a really without, interesting... Sorry, without embracing that fear, they're never going to yeah, grow. Yeah, um, but it's very common for people to hit middle-age and say, right, I've, I've worked it out now. Yeah. I've worked it out. I know what life's about. I know how the world is, and I'm happy with that. And anything that challenges them with that, um, it, it throws their own view of themselves into... Mm into a state of confusion and they, they react against it um, I have been burdened most of my life with fear and guilt by be, of, for being a trans person fear of discovery and guilt for being trans in the first place um, when I met Julie working with Coronation Street she was really instrumental in helping me break that cycle she gave me a book called The Artist's Way, which is about opening yourself up to stuff. And, and the, the line in that is, leap and the net will appear. Mm, lovely. You've ah, heard that before. There's a tattoo. And to be perfectly honest, if, if these older people who are um, fighting against what is essentially um, an enlightened youth movement uh, would just leap, the net would appear mm -hmm. for them. And they, they, and they would embrace... What is happening rather than fighting against it there is no fighting against what is essentially something that is happening in the world people under the age of 30 very few have got an issue with lgbtq plus people yeah, yeah. it's simply part of life it's an understood variant of human gender and sexuality and it's accepted mm -hmm. listen look we, I, I just want to bring it back to the arts because um, i want to bring it back to the arts and i want to be slightly it's not provocative at all. I want to talk about a different, a different element. Yes. Now the arts has been instrumental. I, I, I've, uh, there's no secret. I'm, I'm from Berry. I, I grew up um, being ignorantly um, um, racist and, and homophobic. I knew no better. I, I read red top newspapers, mm -hmm. and, and and I think the ability to allow someone to change, therefore, without that ability, I, you know, I was, I was. 
I was not the person I am now. Mm -hmm. um, the arts have changed me. Yeah. My ability to move out of Bury and to go to drama school and to meet with people who would never normally circle m m me or be in my life. Yeah. The arts, I mean, God, if we had a pound for every time I went, the arts are more than just theatre. They change lives, they grow people, people are educated, people are changed, people's perceptions are moved. And certainly in this, uh, on the matter of LGBTQIA plus communities and, and their learning and, and just watching you and Adela in Take Back, like for me, I, 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 as a changed person, still went, fuck, I'm ignorant. Fuck, I've got a lot to learn. But... But with you're that, open. Well, the, this is it. So I want I want That's to talk the about the, um, the people the people who are not. I was dickheads. I was trying to be. They're not dickheads, like the the right wing or whatever they are, and they're not the people who are the choir, you know. Or maybe maybe uh, Daniel used this phrase today. He, he went to watch the Barbie film. I know you've not seen it. Any. Um, however, I watched it and was horrified to be a man. But also, <laughs> I'm open to that learning. And and, and Daniel went. Well, yeah, we're the choir. You know, we need the other people to go and watch these, mm -hmm. these things. We need the other people to watch the art. But then I feel there's a group in the middle. And I get anxious when talking about pronouns. I've just learned today, and I didn't know this, there's a new pronoun. And I don't, this is how fresh I am to it, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's X-I or X-E? G. G, right. And that is non-male or female. It is a, it's almost a non-binary pronoun if I'm... Yeah, if I'm, there, and there's Z and Zir. Right. And their G and Jure. Um, yeah, um, it's, it's to deliberately say, okay, I'm going to use these different pronouns, but I'm not going to use the ones that existed before. And it's, it's all about people saying, look, I'm an independent human being. I don't need to fit into the boxes that you're yeah. giving me. Yeah. And although that makes you feel uncomfortable, it's my life. And ultimately, this is what I'm going to do. Absolutely. And everyone in the arts is welcome. I mean, we're sat now beneath pride flags and, and we everything we do is about openness. What I want to talk very quickly about is, because I feel you might be able to put some people's minds at rest here, Annie, are the people who are open to change, but the people who are scared of offending people and therefore don't engage. Mm. And I think I class myself sometimes in this. Yeah. The number of times I've had a conversation behind closed doors going, oh, fuck. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I might get, I might upset them. Oh God, can, I don't can know. I, can I just really Please. quickly address that? No, no, longly okay. address it. <laughs> okay, and that's why it is the job of us who have reached where we are by reassuring people in that group, by going, it's fine to make mistakes. Yeah. You've, you acknowledge that you're frightened of it and that means your mind is thinking towards... Uh, the, the reason that people are talking about this at the moment, you know, this this word woke, and it's mm. like, well, actually, being woke is lovely, thank you very much, yeah, because yeah. being woke is, is being respectful. Uh, Rather than putting your own petty um, restrictions upon them, it's like, I'm not going to call you Z and Jen, I'm going to call you, well, you look like a man, so I'll call you he. You're deliberately saying, I don't respect you, I'm going to say what I want to you, yeah. knowing that that's going to hurt and upset you. Yeah. I had a really lovely... Well, it was an interesting conversation with But you don't a, a want to hurt family. and upset someone. Of course. That's the difference. And, 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 I, and nobody, nobody here, certainly, I didn't say wants to do that, but I had a really, a, a very close family member who was like, oh, an older person. Oh, I don't, I don't get this pronouns thing. Oh. I broke it down. I went, listen, 
uh, they they identify as a he. And I went, would you be really annoyed if people called you she? Yeah, yeah. And and he went, yeah. And I went, and how much of an effort is for you to just change calling someone she to he or vice versa? And he went, not much effort. It's like, well, would you not expect that in return? Yeah. That small change can have such a huge effect on your life. Massive. Why would you not fucking do that? And and actually, they went, oh, yeah, fine, cool, I think, get it. Because it's well. selfishness. Yeah. And I think it, I think as well, the, the biggest thing for me is what effect does that have on your life? No, it doesn't. No, not nothing. A, not an I.O. Not an I.O. Nice to be nice. It's nice to, if you want it's to be a nice <laughs> human being, just, just do it. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's no... There is no glory by standing on a rock and being prepared to die on it. Yeah. It's literally the most stupid thing in the world. It's saying, you know, you've, especially coming from people from the punk generation, which makes me laugh because it's like, you spent your, your teenage years, and that's my gen, just my generation is slightly older, so people in their 60s, it's like, mate, you grew up in the punk generation, yeah. which, was, which was about kicking up against standards and actually saying, we're not going to stand for this, this medieval crap anymore. And I says, no, you're literally doing the same thing. Yeah. Now, yeah. as someone who is part of the community, I struggled with non-binary because it was a new concept for me until you know recently when it was it was much more openly discussed um it was a very underground thing for a long time like like many things you know start and i was oh oh i don't i don't know i don't understand you see i'm quite binary although i although i don't dress up in in um particularly girly um i'm pretty binary so for me i didn't understand why someone would want to not be yeah so it's only when i started having some friends who talked to me about it and educated me and i went oh that's a really interesting concept and i'm like wow well that might actually have been really helpful to me when i was younger yeah, if, if, that, yeah. if that had been it could have been part of my journey it could have been the whole of my journey i don't know but i never thought of it as an option but now it's an option that people can do and a lot of young people are coming out as non-binary because they don't like the gender, the, the extreme gender roles which are being pushed on them, which I'm afraid to say, you know, are, are pretty full on. Yeah. You know, I mean, toxic masculinity and, and extreme K- Kardashians, Andrew Tate. Do I need, what do I need yeah, to say? You're yeah, talking about yeah. two ends of the spectrum there and there are people who are like, well, I don't want to be thought of as that and this and, and they're finding their own way. Young people are looking at the options available to them Margaret Thatcher famously said, young people are being brought up believing they have an inalienable right to be gay. And she said that as if it was the worst thing in the world. 1988. Jesus. And this is is the problem. They're being brought up to think they have a right to be. Well, of course they fucking did. Excuse my friend. Young young people have got the right to be... Ever they want to be, uh, gender, sexuality—they are finding out. They're finding out their way in this crazy world. We are not animals. We are not instinctive animals. We are intellectual creatures that have come through evolution, and we have the right to self-determination, whichever way that is. And some people simply don't like it, and their reaction to that is, "I will stop you because it makes me feel better." Yeah, absolutely. And going back to what George said, to accept that costs nothing. Nothing. It, it does not affect your life. The other life. thing, we're regularly sent out uh, information sheets about about how to how to work with um, non-binary people, about how the pronouns matter and this kind of thing. And um, a lot of it is, um, don't apologise, just correct yourself and move on. Um, because ultimately, it's 
then you end up into a situation of, oh, look, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. And then, no, it's fine, it's fine. No, but you know I don't mean that, don't you? And yeah. actually, that can, yeah. be, that can be more awkward because, mm-hmm. people are, because the person doing the apologising feels bad and the person who is the non-binary person is having to constantly say, it's fine, it's fine. It's literally a case of just, if you've made a mistake and you've been corrected, just go, thanks, and then move on. If you are in the situation, as you say you are, Simon, of you're really worried about getting it wrong, that's not a bad place to be, especially considering, your, as you've said, your own background. Um, what you're doing is you're being open and willing to learn. And as I am, and I'm like, please, if I get it wrong, tell me, because, you know, yeah, as, be, as being a binary trans person, I'm, I'm quite ignorant about things as well. So what you're saying is I'm open and willing to listen and I may get it wrong. And that's as open and honest as you can be. Yeah, Correct. and I think I, what I like about what you said, um, it's almost like you get rid of the event of getting it wrong. Yes. And you just go, thanks. That's right. Do you know what? We're gonna take that moment to move on to the last section. Yes. Oh. Because otherwise, I feel like we'll be literally I'm here so on sorry. No, no, stop no. apologizing. This, this is now an evening with Annie Wallace. Okay, do you know what? <laughs> we should have sold tickets for this. Yeah, we should. Oh, my God. This time next year, wouldn't it? We'll be millionaires. I'd be up for that. No, yeah, I think, we'll, do, well, we'll listen, live, live podcast yeah. is, is on the, it's is on the, on the agenda. Cards, so we'll get you back. We're yeah. going to move Annie on to, um, after that incredible discussion we're going to move on to just some stupid stuff yeah. oh good i'm very stupid yeah that's we love a bit of stupid stuff just to wrap it up we're going to move on to well more importantly george is going to intro with a theme tune yeah. yep. oh, oh. question time go george question time it was a bit like adverts that one wasn't it yeah slightly slightly you, you, you're happy with that or do you want to re-go no no i'm happy with it okay good yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> so this is the time when we ask our guests, do you have a question for us? And that could be me, it could be George, it could be the Arches. Yeah, I do actually. And that is, how do you find the energy to do this? <laughs> because, because obviously I've, um, I, I went to the old place, which is now being utterly bulldozed. Yes, as I came right. around the corner, Indeed. it's gone, yeah. it's gone, it's, yeah, just a, it's just an arch now. And I went to the old place and I was like, well, this is amazing. And then you had the setback, obviously doing that finding this place which was a garage uh, well it was empty for 22 years before and it, empty yeah. there's a garage next door yeah um, and literally transforming what, what what is nasty damp railway arches into this fantastic social hub it's it's not everywhere I everyone I speak to it's like oh that's the actors theatre isn't it and I went yep yeah, good. We like that. The actors theatre. It's a hangout for everyone, but it's also a hangout for actors. Um, it's a place. It's like a club. It's a, it's it's art. It's theatre. It's it's a quiz night and everything. How do you find the time to do it and still actually try and do the other things in your life? Because it surely must take up so much of your life. You are going to make me cry. That was thank you. I know. Yeah. Well, just yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and do you know what my answer is that though? I think, I think genuinely, Annie. If I can get through this without crying. Um, the energy that you just poured out feeds us. When we're on our knees in that theatre, not woe is us, you know what I mean? We, we just, we fucking got our rig lights and we've got to get scaff up and we've got to do stuff. When we're on our knees in there, we know that give it a few hours, give it a couple of days, there will be an audience in there yeah. 
sharing stuff like we just had this fucking last couple of weeks um all of these wonderful things that and and what you're saying about it and tonight we've got um a a, a writing group in there doing exercises in the corner around the corner character we've got factory. the character factory who are reading new scripts that for me is what gives us the energy and what you just said that i mean that'll feed us for another three weeks yeah <laughs> well like gremlins if you pour water on us in the form of positivity yeah. That is our energy. Because it's certainly not for profit, as we well know. No, fuck no. And quite the, oppo- <laughs> and quite the opposite. And, and you know, it, it's, these resources, unless you feed them, they do shrink and die. And this one is not going to be allowed to shrink and die. So if anyone wants to put some money in and d- donate anything, £5, £10, whatever you can, to keep this vital actors and creative resource the stuff that was done here you'll see in the royal exchange in three four years time that's how it will happen and you know donations or just come here all the time and spend money in the bar please do folks because thank you so much we cannot be without 53.2 thank you lovely my words yeah. I feel like we should end there, but we're not. And now, they didn't pay me to say that. No, no, it didn't. didn't. They did give me some cider, yeah. but I'm not that easily bought. 28 pints. And he's had now. Yeah. I'm doing well for that. Yeah. It's well. sort of, uh, my, my question for the guest, um, uh, it, it sort of, sort of <laughs> belittles the question that you've asked us, Annie, <laughs> I'm afraid. But, um, I mean, that was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much for those words. Um, and now to uh, undermine it all, I have a question for the guest. <laughs> question for the guest. But uh, Annie Wallace, were there a zombie apocalypse? Where would you go to survive? Now you see. Remember what we said before. About, I'm, I'm genuinely excited about about are, about. are you a planner or do it on? Now you see. I've just gone into planning mode. Yeah. So I might need an hour to think about this. Where would I go for zombie apocalypse? Okay. Well, the first place I'd go is um, is is a, a gun shop. And I oh, would stock up. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I would stock up. Of course, we don't have that in this country. There's no such thing. There are there are um, certain shops. I, I, I think there's one in Ellesmere Port. Well, there you go. I, I, but but they'd get me before I drove there. The bottom line. The bottom line is basically. If, if it was America, you could drive down to your corner shop and you could stock up on enough to, to destroy an army. This country, eh, a little bit different. Unless you throw toilet rolls and beans at zombies. Yeah. Toilet rolls, beans. Uh, yeah. maybe, <laughs> may, maybe we could go to a castle and stock up on swords and knives and yeah. armour. Um, that great. might be yeah, a good we're place. Very good at, yeah. I Heritage thing. That's possibly a good place to go because a castle might be a good place because at least you'd have a drawbridge and a moat and, and as we know, zombies can't swim. No. Do we so, know that? Can zombies not swim? No, they die. Well, well they, they, sort of they, 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 they just don't have the ability to swim. Just bob around. They bob. They bob. Well, good. So we're going there to we a go. castle. Do you know where I'm going? Uh, you, you, well, you said you were coming here I'm before. I'm coming here. That's a good place. You need better doors than that. Well, well there's we a shutter that comes down over those doors. Oh, well, the shutter's fine. So and we've got yeah. enough scaff in there to build Have you got enough pies to keep us going for a while? Well, this is the problem. We're waiting for a delivery. I did point this out. Well, it'll be after the delivery. Okay, good, yeah. This would be. Ladies and gentlemen, t- Simon Neil, yeah. fan- fantastic at theatre, <laughs> shit at zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and that is going on my headstone. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Death by zombie. <laughs> and listen, what has been one of, well, no, the most fascinating and brilliant podcast we've ever done. We've ever done. It sounds like we're doing it for 25. When, I, when we did our first podcast. I wish we were all Honestly, Annie, it's been fucking incredible. And, um,. I genuinely feel like a lot of people will listen to this and feel better as a human or be helped or just grow. And that's incredible. 
However, you're going to close our podcast, Beneath the Bricks, episode seven, with a TED Talk. You know the rules. It's not a real TED Talk. It's a Ted Lasso TED Talk. Little nugget of wisdom, Annie Wallace, if we may. In the words of Bill S. Preston and Theodore Ted Logan, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! That's where we leave it! Episode 7 of Beneath the Bricks. Massive thank you, Annie. What a fucking episode. That was stupendous. <laughs> Episode 7 of Beneath the Bricks, over and out. Annie, you're a fucking legend. George, less or so, but we still love you, man. Keep, you know, keep trying. <laughs> and we will see you for the next one. Uh,